Chapters 18 and 19 of The Barnabys in America by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 A Slight Sketch of the General's Lady Who Makes Sundry Friendly But Puzzling Offers to Patty. The Pious Lady Delivers Her Opinions Upon the Origin of Slavery. It will not be irrelevant to this minute narrative of the Barnaby progress through the United States to give a slight sketch of this new friend of Madame Tornorino, as it will help to explain the cause for which so sedate and elegant a personage as Mrs. General Gregory deemed it desirable to cultivate an intimacy with the young and blooming impudence of our Patty. She had in truth very strong reasons for it. As no race is so sharp as that which goes neck and neck from the starting to the winning post, so no rivalry is so keen as that which, in like manner, exists between two persons nearly equal at all points. Between the ladies of the two great Carolinian planters, General Gregory and Colonel Beauchamp, there was at their country residence near neighborhood and considerable intimacy, and there was also both in country and in town a pretty constant but even civil struggle for superiority in consideration and as the transatlantics expressively term it in standing when having both of them passed the age of forty the two wealthy possessors of two of the finest plantations and two of the finest gangs of slaves in south carolina united themselves in holy wedlock with two of the most celebrated beauties of baltimore the young ladies were installed in their respective mansions with a degree of first-rateness that was very dangerously equal for it instantly gave birth to a rivalship which had lasted ever since the first atom of ground gained by either of these ladies in advance of the other was on the part of mrs general gregory who unexpectedly announced un beau matin to her friend and neighbour that she had just completed an arrangement with one of the general's french correspondents a wholesale coffee-dealer for his despatching to her twice every year a box of millinery direct from paris for a few months this blow was felt severely it was vain that mrs colonel beauchamp appeared in the most elegant habillement that charlestown new orleans baltimore or even new york itself could furnish for it constantly happened upon her appearing before her neighbour with any article of dress which that lady had not before seen her wear that an observation followed accompanied with a multitude of obliging apologies to the effect that she had that very morning received a letter direct from her paris milliner to tell her that that particular article was completely out of fashion and to warn her against any attempts on the part of the milliners of the united states to pass such things off upon her as new it is necessary to know the sensitive delicacy of feeling on such points which prevails among ladies of high standing in america in order to conceive the severity of the trial to which the temper of mrs beauchamp was exposed by this mode of proceeding the first idea which occurred to her as suggesting the possibility of relief under it was the opening a correspondence herself with a parisian milliner but unfortunately colonel beauchamp's coffee was all consigned to liverpool and he had no french correspondent whatever no not even so much as at havre who might assist in favouring such a design it was therefore after many vain attempts finally abandoned and the genius of mrs beauchamp was called upon to devise some counter-current of superiority which might enable her to shun the buffetings and the bruises which the high tide of her friend's good fortune had brought upon her nor did the lady long meditate upon the subject in vain she really was a clever woman though on some particular subjects a little more vehement than reasonable and upon everything relating to her unequalled country as she always called it and everything connected with its constitution laws customs and peculiarities from an abhorrence of monarchy to an adoration of slavery inclusive she not only was vehement both in feeling and expression but would have considered it a very grievous sin to be otherwise 
people who like mrs beauchamp think and speak with more violence than profundity are apt to attach value to their own powers of advocating whatever cause they espouse and while the lady of the big gang-bank was meditating at what point her powers of intellect or of fortune might best enable her to outshine the lady of rice-lawn paradise a certain thought darted into her head which had she been desired to explain it she would probably have called a patriotic inspiration she suddenly remembered how her father of honoured and blessed memory had ceased not morning noon or night as long as life had been lent him to hold forth on the atrocious dishonesty and injustice those specific accusations being the favourite stronghold of his clique of all who dared to impugn the holiness and the lawfulness of slavery she remembered too the love the reverence the gratitude and the admiration with which he had ever been listened to by everybody or at least by everybody whose love reverence gratitude and admiration she thought worth having and from that moment of happy reminiscence which occurred exactly three years after her marriage down to the present hour mrs colonel beauchamp had acquired the reputation of being the most thorough-going out-and-out patriot and right-down first-rate smart woman in the union the result of this very brilliant success was speedily seen and painfully felt by mrs general gregory but she too as it seemed had some kind guardian spirit that watched over her destiny some of the light militia of the lower sky who in all lands watch over the changeful little destinies of the ladies led her from rice-lawn paradise to the city of baltimore precisely at the moment when it was glowing like furnace from end to end with the burning eloquence of a multitude of itinerant preachers assembled there from all parts of the country for the purpose of celebrating that very singular transatlantic solemnity called a revival the same guardian sylph who had guided her in this propitious hour to baltimore guided her likewise into a fashionable chapel where a fashionable preacher was assuring a multitude of fashionable ladies that without the grace and comfort which he and a few of his particular friends and brethren alone could give they must all fall headlong into the bottomless pit while listening to this much admired gentleman mrs general gregory was greatly struck by the beautiful display of feeling with which many first-rate ladies came forward at his call and placed themselves on the anxious benches set apart for all those who wished to distinguish themselves by such a fearless demonstration of piety as this act demanded in truth mrs general gregory was like many other persons very much struck by this edifying spectacle she too wished to be distinguished having as we know very particular reasons for it and here most providentially displayed to her was a mode by which this earnest wish might be at once obtained during the few moments of hesitation which followed the conception of this happy idea she overheard the following remarks from some of the most elegantly dressed ladies in the chapel who fortunately happened to be placed immediately before her my exclaimed one of them if there isn't mrs governor robson going right away for the anxious bench that will make a pretty considerable noise won't it noise i expect so my dear was the reply and won't she added the second speaker be more the thing than ever with all the high flyers my what a sight of parties she'll be giving this revival i'll engage for it and what an unhandsome fix we should have got into shouldn't we if we had taken it into our heads to stay away we should have got no invites you may be availed of that i expect all this was uttered with very little restraint as to the tone of voice for the noise produced near the anxious benches by the exhortations or the comfortings of the preachers prevented anything uttered in any part of the chapel from being heard except those very near the speaker 
every word however was distinctly heard by mrs general gregory and every word produced effect before the same hour on the following day she had been presented to the most celebrated of the reverend gentlemen who were at that time performing at baltimore and having with all due ceremony declared herself desirous of becoming one of his congregation she was installed as a sister accordingly appeared on the anxious bench a few days afterwards and being a lady of large fortune and particularly desirous of becoming if not the first in the very first line soon became spoken of in all directions as one of the most shining lights which had been for a long time added to the temple of the new jerusalem for some time the excellent and exemplary mrs general gregory had every possible reason to be satisfied with the effects of the course she had pursued she became in her turn the centre of a circle and felt herself fully as able to sustain a competition with mrs colonel beauchamp as she had ever been but at length she had the sagacity to discover that highly distinguished as she was mrs beauchamp's essays on the righteousness of slavery were listened to with more gusto by their mutual acquaintance than her own little sermonettes on the righteousness of the elect nor did the cause of this long remain a mystery to her she saw plainly in short that the magnates of south carolina were more inclined to sympathize with her rival's enthusiasm than with her own and from this time forward it would have been impossible for any one acquainted with all the circumstances of the case not to have admired the skill with which she made head against the difficulties she encountered her conversation became a sort of curious mosaic made up as it were with bits of black and white and showed such a skilful mixture of christian texts with slave-holding principles as could certainly be met with in no country of the world save that of which she had the honour and happiness of being a citizen but it answered perfectly and if mrs colonel beauchamp was known among the best society of the union as a right-down first-rate patriot lady mrs general gregory was equally renowned as tuppermost among the right-thinking of the saintly party who knew the duty they owed to the stars and stripes too well not to make up their religious principles square with the same it may in some cases be true that the native literati of america have no great reason to boast of the honours and profits accorded upon them in their own country at least before they have received the timbre bestowed upon them by the approbation of ours but if they find readier and warmer welcome in other lands the literati of other lands en revanche find in the united states a warmer welcome perhaps than anywhere else it being quite sufficient for an individual to carry the name of author there in order to ensure him a buzz of celebrity from one end of the country to the other no wonder therefore was it that mrs general gregory being in the position above described should be desirous of sharing in the great barnaby intimacy enjoyed by mrs colonel beauchamp and when she discovered as she did at the party of mrs judge johnson that besides the authorship there was still nearer and dearer claim to friendship which mrs barnaby's loudly proclaimed opinion on the great african subject gave her there was nothing which she did not feel ready to do and to say in order to obtain a forward and conspicuous place in the good opinion of the family no sooner however had madame tornorino become fully aware of the strongly pious propensities of her visitor than her ardour to cultivate the acquaintance relaxed and it is probable that she would not long have delayed betraying some symptoms of this had not mrs general gregory either from anticipating this very natural result or from yielding to her own native propensities suddenly changed her hand and led the discourse to gayer themes but oh my she exclaimed with a pleasant little laugh i must not keep on talking for everlasting this way about chapel-going and all that sort of thing to a pretty young lady like you madame tornorino who in course must have your mind filled up as yet with plenty of other things in part you know i mean my dear 
and that is all so very natural that i can't say i realize as being anywise improper you will be pleased to remember my dear that my carriage and servants and myself too will be quite at your service madame tornorino whenever you like to declare your congregation and i'll take you to the best seat in the chapel for seeing the company and the dresses as well as for hearing that blessed vessel mr crawley pour forth his balm but if you like it better in the first place i'll be delighted to take you with me and your honourable mamma too if she'll be pleased to go to a first-rate dancing-party to-morrow night that the lady of our prime newspaper writer of all this south part of the union is going to give thank you ma'am replied patty cheerily i should like it best of anything that is if you are going to be so kind as to ask my husband don tornorino too most certainly my dear i am and will you go with me to chapel next sabbath patty paused for half a moment before she replied and her answer showed that she was improving rapidly in wisdom of all sorts oh dear yes certainly ma'am i suppose that is just the same as going to church in england which is the best thing i am sure that one can do of a sunday because you know it was lucky perhaps that mrs gregory's general habit of making herself spokeswoman upon all religious subjects caused her to break in at this point upon patty's speech as it is possible that she might have completed it by adding there is no other place full of people to go to but when her new acquaintance did it for her by saying i do indeed my dear i do know that no place except the heaven of heavens its blessed self can be so good for christians to enter as the chapels and churches of the saints patty was discreet enough to answer oh yes to be sure ma'am every one knows that of course adding however for the sake of a little useful information but you don't seem to be too stiff to go to dances and parties ma'am goodness forbid i should my dear replied the general's lady i hold it to be exceedingly sinful to turn my back upon the weak and the sinning just because i have made my own election sure i am sorry and grieved to say that there are in the union some professing christians and not a few i am afraid who act very differently if you visit the eastern cities you will find many such but they are clearly benighted in their generation and go about it it is dreadful to think of it doing mischief instead of good for it is the very same people as turn their faces away from their white fellow-creatures as if they were not good enough for them that go communing with the very people that wear god's mark upon their skins the black descendants of the wicked cain you know my dear young lady the horrid impure nigger slaves that wear by nature the mark that ought to warn the people of god to turn away from them and make them to labour from the rising up of the sun even to the going down of the same as the hand of the lord points out but we of the south madam tornorino i am happy and blessed to say no better you will never hear of such abominations among the educated and elegant gentry of the slave-holding states we are quite altogether a different people and population as i hope your dear mamma will make manifest and as to not going to balls and parties my dear i should blush to show any such weakness this last sentence as every last sentence ought to do left so pleasant an impression upon the mind of the person to whom it was addressed that she remembered nothing which preceded it with displeasure and when mrs general gregory took her leave madame tornorino was quite ready to declare that 
though a bit of quiz in her talk now and then she was upon the whole a most delightful woman and that she should take good care to be very intimate with her chapter nineteen mrs allen barnaby commences her work on the united states of america mrs beauchamp requests a specimen of it a fine national trait while the visit of mrs general gregory lasted mrs colonel beauchamp continued in some sort to keep watch over mrs allen barnaby for the idea of her leaving her notebook for the purpose of receiving the civilities of the general's lady was very particularly disagreeable to the lady of the colonel and she was determined not to quit her till the danger was past nor was the keeping her pen in hand the only use which she made of this interval she had pledged herself to several of the most important personages in the southern part of the union that such a book should be written by her english friend on the country in general and on the slave-holding states in particular as had never yet appeared from the pen of any european traveller and which would be calculated to do unspeakable good in every part of the world as tending to put in a right point of view that which hitherto had been so repeatedly placed in a wrong one having proclaimed this and received in consequence of it the most cordial thanks and the warmest eulogiums on her patriotic zeal it was become a matter of great personal importance to mrs beauchamp that mrs allen barnaby should lose no time in giving proof unquestionable and evidence as clear as light that she mrs beauchamp had in no way misrepresented or exaggerated either the purpose or the power of this distinguished traveller with this object she determined if possible to induce her immediately to produce a specimen sufficient to prove first that she really was employed in writing on the subject and secondly that her manner of treating it was what she had declared it should be hitherto all that mrs allen barnaby appeared to have done was the scribbling a few words first on one page and then on another of her new notebook this had been performed in the presence of mrs beauchamp and though that well-educated lady felt that this was very likely to be the way in which books were really made she felt that she should be better satisfied if she could see a sheet or two of full-sized paper written all over and with a title at the beginning this feeling however arose much less from any doubts she entertained respecting either the intentions or the capacity of mrs allen barnaby than from an almost feverish impatience that the business should begin mrs beauchamp had a pretty considerable good opinion of her own ability and she had no doubt whatever that if mrs allen barnaby would once set to work there could be as long as she continued near her no doubt whatever of her producing precisely the sort of thing that was wished for hardly therefore had cleopatra's steps ceased to clatter on the stairs when the lady of the colonel thus addressed the lady of the major how thoroughly elegant and clever this is of you my dear mrs allen barnaby thus to give up everything as i may say for your great work but i promise you my dear madam that your light shall not be hid under a bushel but shall blaze away before the judge and before everybody else of the greatest real high standing in new orleans they will one and all be ready to worship the ground you tread upon when i tell them as i most certainly shall do that you give up everything for the sake of progressing with your travels you don't know my dear mrs allen barnaby the prodigious fuss that the people will make about you as you go on if it is actually known for certain that you are positively employed upon such a work as we have been talking about known for certain my dear friend returned mrs allen barnaby with something like indignation in her tone do you mean to say that anybody doubts it i don't mean i expect to say anything that could hurt your feelings dear lady returned mrs beauchamp 
but when you know our splendid national character better you will understand the sort of fineness of intellect which always makes them doubt everything that they don't see with their eyes and i must say that this taken together with some other of their ways of going on does make out upon the whole the most finished model of a perfect gentleman in the world because you see my dear lady that this doubtingness does not argue any want of trustfulness which might seem suspicious and no way noble but that's what nobody can say for where is the nation to be found who gives and takes credit like the americans oh no it is not for want of trust for everything is done upon trust here and if it was not it would never be done at all but it is just about things where nothing is to be got by giving or taking credit that they are so particular for then their fine national sense tells them plain enough that the best way to believe is to see that is indeed a very fine trait to which you have just alluded said mrs allen barnaby seizing her note-book which for a moment she had laid aside that national habit of feeling confidence and acting so completely as you say upon credit ought to be dwelt upon and must i should think my dear madam have a very considerable effect upon my english readers for in our country as i have always understood it is necessary to show a good deal of ready money before you can ever get credit at all it really is a very fine national trait and mrs allen barnaby wrote several lines in her note-book it is a fine national trait replied mrs beauchamp with great energy and it is american all over but to come back my dear lady to what i was saying about our clear-headed citizens liking to see before they believe it is quite beautiful i expect to observe how the two things unite and make one as i may say in the minds of our patriots and you my dear mrs allen barnaby who are smart enough so clearly to comprehend these first-rate qualities you would i expect be the very last to refuse compliance with the wishes of all the people of first standing in new orleans at this moment present you would not like to do that mrs allen barnaby i guess say not for the universe my dearest friend exclaimed the authoress tell me but what these patriotic gentlemen wish me to do and i will do it instantly there is not a single one of them my dear madam but what shall be availed of your great obligingness returned her friend all that i wish you to do my excellent lady is just that you should write out a bit of a sort of introductory chapter saying what you are going to do and what you think of all you have seen as yet and your principles and opinions about the slaves and then write at the top of it the title in good large letters that should look something like the beginning of a real book and that i guess will be all they wish for just at present and for this i won't deny but what they are longing one and all of them they took care to avail me of that i promise you before i took leave of mrs judge johnson last night there was something rather abruptly startling to mrs allen barnaby in this unexpected demand but being a woman of nerve instead of a nervous woman she sustained the attack with great resolution and after about a moment's reflection replied smilingly you are aware my dear friend that the book in question is to be the history of my travels through your noble country do you think that as yet i have seen enough of it to venture upon writing anything oh dear me yes my good lady without any question of doubt you have 
replied mrs beauchamp all that we ask for as yet you know is just what sort of feeling the first sight of the country produced and your views founded upon your own good sense about the niggers promising you know to study the question deeply as you progress and then the title and that's just about all that we want for the present so that a mere page or two of writing you see will do then a page or two of writing shall be produced immediately replied mrs allen barnaby with decision but of course you are aware dear madam that we authors always find it necessary to be alone when we write our books it is always a terrible pain to part with you my dear mrs beauchamp but if i am to set about writing at once i must have a minute or two to myself if you please just to think about it mrs beauchamp herself seemed to consider that this was no more than reasonable and hearing mrs general gregory's carriage drive away at that moment she got up at once and left the room saying as she went towards the door oh my how i do envy you mrs allen barnaby such a subject to be sure as you have got before you and such kind and partial readers as you are like to find among us envy me indeed muttered the overhurried authoress as the door was closed upon her what idiot fools they must all be to fancy that i have seen any wonders to write about in rather less than a week the most wonderful thing i know about them is what i got from donny as to their every one of them being cheats and that is curious enough to be sure and might amuse the folks at home to know if one did but dare to tell it but this is all folly and nonsense and as like as can be to quarrelling with one's bread and butter if they were not the vain peacocks they are how would my sitting down to write a book about them be so like as it is to make my fortune before it is half done and soothed by this agreeable reflection mrs allen barnaby really did set about her task in good earnest settling her chair placing a whole choir of paper before her and fixing a steel pen to her fancy half done she repeated with a little quiet solitary laugh half a sheet will be enough to turn all their heads and to bring them crawling on all fours to my feet if i do but put in palaver enough and now the important business was actually begun and mrs allen barnaby in turning over the first page of her book turned over a new page in her own history also and she felt this felt that her genius had now brought her to another epoch of her fate and she doubted not but that she should date from it the growth and the ripening of honour profit and renown what matters it said she renewing her soliloquy what matters it how or in what manner a book or anything else is managed so that one gets just exactly the thing one wants by it it would be just as easy for me to write all truth as all lies about this queer place and all these monstrous odd people but wouldn't i be a fool if i did any such thing and is it one bit more trouble to write all these monstrous fine words just like what i have read over and over again in novels is it one bit more trouble i should like to know writing them all in one sense instead of the other mrs allen barnaby suspended her soliloquy at this point and began leisurely and critically to read what she had written she smiled as perhaps only authors smile as she perused the sentences which she had composed i always have succeeded in everything that i attempted to do she said with a feeling of triumphant confidence which made her grasp her pen firmly and replenish it with ink as confidently as ever soldier drew his sword or cocked his pistol and again she wrote page after page became covered with the somewhat broad and square but tolerably firm characters of her pen till once again she stopped took breath and reasoned a little 
well to be sure thought she these american people do seem to be out of luck by their own account in all the books that have been written about them poor souls by what they say i suppose they have been pretty roughly drawn over the coals by one and all of the author gentry that have set to work upon them and then here come i quite as well able to write a book as any of them i fancy and ready enough for my own particular reasons to praise them all up to the very skies and yet somehow or other i don't suppose that any living soul but themselves will believe there is a word of truth in it from beginning to end and that i do call being monstrous unlucky but what the deuce do i care for that i have got an object i suppose and my business is to obtain it without bothering my brains about who will or will not believe all the things that i choose to write down and now again mrs allen barnaby resumed her pen and the colourless paper became rapidly tinted by her ink it is a good thing however she resumed that it goes off so glib and easy as it seems to do if i was always quite sure about the spelling of the words i declare i think i should find it quite as easy as talking i do wonder sometimes where i got all my cleverness from there isn't many though i say it that shouldn't but that's only when nobody hears me there isn't many that could go on as i have done from the very first almost that i remember anything always getting on and on and on there's a pretty tolerable difference thank heaven between what i am now with judges and members and i don't know who all smirking and speechifying to me and what i was when my name was martha compton without two decent gowns perhaps to my back and not knowing where on earth to get another when they were gone however added the retrospective lady smiling as some comical recollection seemed to cross her mind i contrived to manage pretty well even then and i shall contrive to manage pretty well now too or i'm greatly mistaken there that's enough for one bout and so saying the well-pleased mrs allen barnaby laid the sheets she had filled neatly together and went to look at herself for a minute or two in the glass well she murmured again in soothing soliloquy if i don't look quite as young as i did when i was martha compton i have gained in dignity quite as much as i've lost in beauty i do look like a duchess i'll be hanged if i don't and i do believe in my conscience that when i can get the things to put on i dress as well as any woman that ever lived i see nobody anywhere that looks as really stylish as i do and just the sort of thing i should think for a fashionable authoress no shyness no stupid awkward fear of anybody or anything i certainly have thank god a great many advantages and i may thank myself that i know how to make use of them in short few authors ever rose from their first hour of literary labour better satisfied with themselves and their production than mrs allen barnaby but she had still another hour of leisure before it was necessary for her to begin dressing for dinner and for an evening party that was to follow after mrs carmichael having obligingly desired her boarders to invite any friends they liked as she was going to have a soiree herself on looking at her watch and perceiving that this unoccupied interval remained mrs allen barnaby's first thought was to employ it by going to seek patty and the perkinses in order to indulge herself by vaporing a little about her new occupation but a second thought brought with it a doubt as to how far any one of the three might be capable of appreciating the species of dignity which she was beginning very strongly to feel belonged to her in her new character and she therefore changed her purpose into the much more profitable one of sitting down again to her writing-table i know a thing will put em all in a rapture of delight 
thought mrs allen barnaby as she again took up her pen i will just write down a list of questions for mrs beauchamp or her famous judge johnson to answer and they will do double work or am greatly mistaken for i will put them all upon thinking and saying that i am so clever and so anxious for information and at the same time it will give them exactly what they seem to love best in the world and that is an opportunity of talking about themselves and their country and their glorious constitution she then took a fresh sheet of paper and after a little reflection produced the following list of interrogatories in what manner does the republican form of government appear to affect the social habits of the people how far does the absence of a national form of worship produce the results anticipated from it at what degree of elevation may the education of the ladies of the union be considered to stand when compared to that received by the females of other countries in what manner was slavery originally instituted and what are its real effects both on the black and the white population mrs allen barnaby almost laughed aloud with delight when she had written the above and in truth she had very sufficient reason to be contented with herself a very few days had passed since the hour in which she had heard for the first time in her life any one of the above subjects alluded to and had not the admirable quickness of her charming intellect enabled her to catch the very words which she had heard used by the distinguished patriots among whom she had so happily fallen the writing the above pithy sentences would have been as completely out of her power as the indicting so much greek but never did any woman know better how to profit by opportunity than mrs allen barnaby and great as was the elevation to which she now appeared likely to reach it is impossible to deny that she deserved it she then began in excellent spirits the somewhat laborious but always delightful labours of the toilette with heart as gay and eye very nearly as bright as when she had dressed to meet lord mucklebury at her first cheltenham ball in truth everything seemed to favour her projects and assure her the most unqualified success the party about to assemble that evening in mrs carmichael's ample saloon was likely to be very miscellaneous inasmuch as every boarder had the privilege of giving invitations as freely as mrs carmichael herself an arrangement which could not fail of bringing together exactly such a mixture of all sorts of men as it would be most desirable for her to gain golden opinions from and golden or at any rate silver opinions she was determined to make them mrs allen barnaby was still in the act of adoring with head uncovered the cosmetic powers when the major entered he was immediately struck by the general brightness and animation of her aspect and exclaimed hey day my barnaby what has happened now if there were any lady susans here i should say that some of them had been making some charming proposal for taking you to court again upon my soul my dear you look as if you had been eating live birds and that their bright little eyes were looking out through your own who have you seen what have you been doing and though the major as he spoke began steadily enough the business of refreshing his dress he continued to keep his eyes fixed upon his ample spouse with a good deal of curiosity and it may be with a little admiration who have i seen and what have i been doing repeated his lady with a very benignant smile as to seeing mr major i have seen little or nothing except indeed that everlasting mrs beauchamp but as to doing it is not my place to talk about that donny dear i will just leave you to form your own judgment on the subject upon my word we have neither of us any time to talk about it now for i'm not half done yet and as for you your beard is as long as aaron's major though i know you mowed it only yesterday but that comes of the climate you know so set to there's a good man 
and in the course of the evening i will see if i cannot indulge you my dear with a little insight into what i have done am doing and may be about to do well i must consent i suppose to live in the dark my dear till it shall be your will and pleasure to grant me light returned her amiable husband and while the dressing lasted nothing further passed between them on the subject of mrs allen barnaby's occupations except a few mystic and perfectly unintelligible words uttered from time to time by the lady herself End of chapters 18 and 19